Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. I'm joined today by James the Sharp End Sharp, and we're going to be doing this special podcast on Facebook Live as well. So that means you can ask us some questions. James here now will be monitoring that. So if you want to ask us a question at any stage, just uh, just fire it over and uh, we'll try and fit it in at Do some stage. Yeah, well, and then in the usual fashion, I'll kick off our podcast by uh, offering you some free beer, beer52.com. Are offering Leicester City fans a case of eight unique ales from around the world. All you have to do is pay the postage package, which I think is five pound ninety-five. Just go on their website, beer52.com, and use the, the special word Leicester to register for those beers. So get over to that website for free beer. Now then, James, mm-hmm. uh, another defeat, another yeah. valiant effort, but ultimately no points to show from it. It's another disappointment, wasn't it, the Liverpool game? On Saturday, pulsating game to watch though, absolutely thrilling for the neutrals. And I imagine fans of both sides would have been entertained by what they saw. Uh, but ultimately, City again, as they did at Arsenal and against Chelsea, got nothing to show for such a, a good performance. Yeah, I mean, entertaining, but frustrating as well um, because it's a case of the same old story really. In that they played okay, played pretty well, created quite a few chances, scored a few goals. But I come out with it with nothing again, and I think you can feel a bit of the fans' frustration started to build and build and build because, well, don't forget they've played a lot of really good teams so far. It, they feel like the performances as a whole justify more than what they've got, and also it's, it's little things, isn't it? It's little mistakes here or there, little lapses in concentration, failures to take chances here or there. To sound like former manager Nigel Pearson, fine margins between them, and it's. These little mistakes that are costing us, and it is, it is frustrating. Because you brought him up, uh, got off uh, his yeah. new career at Leuven with a point against the top of the table side. Don't ask me to pronounce it because I can't. But they're 95th minute, but uh, Nigel, Nigel's back in the game. That surprised everyone. But let's get back to Craig Shakespeare's mm. era. Um, they've now equalled Leicester City's worst ever start yeah, to the league season. That. Yeah, uh, four defeats, only four points on the board. It's the same as the side. Uh, Brian Little side that started the 94-95 season they ended it with relegation under Mark McGee but that doesn't tell the full story does it at no. all Th- those statistics um, Leicester City obviously have played four of last season's top six uh, been in every game they just can't get over the line get those points and I, I could feel the frustration when I spoke to Danny Simpson mm. and we spoke to Jamie Vardy uh, who obviously had his penalty yeah. saved at the end we'll get onto that in a minute uh, late on the frustration as you said is building amongst the fans but it's also building amongst the players yeah and also the manager as well speaking to Shaky after the game um, sp- spoke to him a little and asked asked him how, how, how do you kind of per- perceive these first six games and he said that we all knew there was going to be difficult games uh, and they embraced that challenge but but they've just fallen a little bit short and he, he feels that they, they possibly deserve a little bit more from what from the performance they put in, but you don't you don't always get what you deserve, do you? And uh, these little mistakes they're making, and I'm sure we'll come on to Harry Maguire in a, in a bit. Mm. 
these little areas are costing Leicester at the minute. Well, let's let's get on to the, the goals. Um, obviously, they found themselves uh, two 0 down. Uh, what did you make of the first goal? Um, I thought it, it was a bit. I thought Venture got a little bit caught under the ball um, for Sam at the back post. An excellent header, but from a tight angle, Schmeichel gets a hand to it. Maybe he think maybe he should. He feels he could have done better. I don't know. I I, th- I think. I mean, obviously, we didn't get a chance to speak to Cass, but I think he was he wasn't expecting Salah to go for goal. No. I think he was going to head it back across the six yard box, back back into the danger zone. That's why he didn't come over and cover that near post angle. But he couldn't have put it in a better spot, could he, Salah? No, I mean, he's a good player. Isn't he? Yeah, he, he impressed us uh, in Hong Kong at the Asia Trophy. He looks like a a, a top quality player. So one nil down, but. Yeah, Ben Chilwell, positionally, probably got yeah. caught out, but the ball from Coutinho is outstanding. He was on the money, wasn't it? He is quality. Yeah, and when you see him live, you know, he is a top player. I mean, I, I t- did send out a, a bit of a naughty tweet about Danny Murphy on Match of the Day saying, Rian Mares, is he now too good? Is he, either by in his opinion, he is too good for Leicester City? Well, in that case, I'm sorry, Philip Coutinho is too good for Liverpool, if, if you want to go down that road. But, um, yeah, so uh, the second goal, the Coutinho free kick, City got caught out. Moreno uh, kept bombing forward from left back. Riyad Mahrez had one of his days where he wasn't really uh, at it at all, was he? And he wasn't tracking the Moreno. Did he had to give away the free kick? And Coutinho puts it in the perfect place, doesn't he? Gave Casper no chance. And the way he got it up and down. And when we've got mer- uh, photos in the Mercury today, you know the wall jumping and they're, they're making themselves huge. But he's still clipping it over the top of them and getting mm. it into that, that top corner. Uh, but they did get back your, one of your heroes, Shinji Okazaki. I love, I love him. I yeah. love him more than my own mum. Yeah, you've been watching videos today of him collecting his Caribou Cup Man of the Match trophy, didn't you? Like I know, yeah. It? He looked so happy. On Tuesday, he got given this Caribou Cup Man of the Match thing. He's fist pumping to the camera. Usually, when players get Man of the Match, he's kind of shrug it off, took it under the shoulder. But yeah, he, he's made a brilliant start to the season. And has, he's always been crucial to how Leicester play in terms of the diff- all the horrible work he does in between the lines and rolling his sleeves up and pressing and dropping into midfield when they don't have the ball. And as I said, I've spoken to him like, um, after Tuesday's game when he said he'd changed his mentality of focusing on getting into the box, getting into goal-scoring positions. And while it was possibly the most trademark Shinji you can imagine, as he toe-poked it in the line from about a yard out and injured himself, it was that that, that quick thinking, that reaction to when it's being headed towards goal. He was the one that reacted first ahead of Mignolet. Mignolet's there pulling his shirt back to get the to get the ball over the line. He's always been crucial to how Leicester play, but now he's scoring more goals, which is always the criticism levelled at him. He is such a key part of this team. What's the stat? Four in his last seven appearances, which is the same amount in his previous 48 appearances. Yeah. So really, that is a dramatic transformation in goal scoring. And he did have one disallowed just beforehand. Um, yeah, and that was very, very tight. Yeah, uh, Maguire was flagged yeah. off, not Okazaki, and, uh, but he still finished that one. But that got City back in the game because yeah. uh, you know, it looked like you know first 2-0 down against a side like Liverpool. It's looking ominous, but uh, they got back in the game. And the second half was end-to-end, wasn't it? Mm. It was just uh, attack, attack, attack. I mean, I think somebody said that... Um, was it Jose Mourinho said English football's too defensive at the moment? Well, it wasn't. I don't think he uh, he, he was watching uh, Leicester City versus no. Liverpool because it was attack, attack, attack. Uh, and then, but then the soccer punch. Now let's talk about Harry Maguire because it's one of your five things you picked out yeah. from the game. Um, I don't. Yes, he got caught with the ball, and as a central defensive midfielder, says a central defender driving into the opposition half. Him losing the ball then left Leicester with a, a three-on-one then became a four-on-one and eventually they go and score. 
you could argue that he doesn't need to do that. He doesn't need to be that, that high up the pitch. However, he has been praised for that ability so far this season. It's his main strength. One of his main strengths is his ability to drive forward into midfield and play the ball. At the minute, he's probably left his best passer of a ball. So I wouldn't want him to be discouraged. And I spoke to Shakespeare after this and said about it, and he said that he's not going to try and discourage Harry Maguire from driving forward. The problem arises, the rest of the team needs to know what to do when he does that. People need to drop in and cover him. I felt the ball from the Diddy to him was a, put him in a little bit of pressure. Yeah, it was like a one-two, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. I don't think Maguire was expecting the ball back. Um, but to be fair to Maguire, did, he did hair back. I mean, mm. And Diddy was 15 yards ahead of him and he got to the box mm. before him. So, yeah, I mean, he just needs to learn when to do it and his teammates need to know when he's going to do it. But I think that comes with experience. Well, I, think, I think it's a, a very good point you're making because, uh, you know, we go on about English um, defenders, how, you know, they are defenders first and foremost and they haven't got that uh, natural ability on the ball. I mean, we had Rio Ferdinand a few years ago, but besides that, um, defenders can come, come out and play and change the dynamic and, and Harry certainly can do that, but... Uh, it's the right place at the right time, yeah. and I spoke to uh, Michael Brighton about saying uh, they overcommitted. That you yeah. know there was plenty of the game to go. They didn't need to commit so many people forward. They were causing Liverpool problems with just their normal attacking game. But they paid the ultimate price because yeah. Jordan Henderson finished it off three-one, and they got a mountain to climb. But they very nearly climbed it. Yes, they did. Um, it was very difficult to try and keep up like, doing the live blog on um, Saturday because then within. I hardly even written the tweet to say that Leicester had gone 3-1 down and then Vardy nods them back in front uh, nods them to yeah. within one um, and yeah I mean that's the reaction you want when you go 3-1 down and Vardy again with his excellent record against Liverpool mm. six in the last four now yeah and should have been seven yeah, could have been it, seven yeah let's let's get to that because um, again he, he seems to be the source of these balances he wins them and Leicester City Seems to have a lot of penalties, but uh, before um, Saturday, he'd only missed one, which uh, mm -hmm. was that uh, hat trick. Well, it would have been a hat trick against Everton. And would have shared the golden boot with him. Yeah, Hattie. and he ballooned it into somebody's allotment. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, he's got his own style of taking penalties, hasn't he? And it's yes. pretty emphatic when it goes in. You know? I mean, even if um, keepers and they must be wise enough to where he puts them now. I think that's the issue. Drives it down the middle. Even if they get there, he's in danger of uh, hot shot Hamish. You're probably too young to remember hot shot Hamish. I don't remember. He used really. to put the goalkeeper in the back of the net when he used to... Oh, Arthur Rowley used to do it for Leicester, as my dad always says. My dad always says, I'm watching it on TV, and usually when Riyad Mahrez takes a penalty and he passes it into the goalkeeper's hands, my dad will start shouting, saying, just bloody hit it. Mm. And Arthur Rowley used to do that and he used to knock the goalkeeper back into the net. Mm. So, I am of the... I like the way Vardy takes penalties. I prefer power mm. over side-footed placement. Vardy's problem is he needs to add a little bit of placement there as well. A lot of them now are just going down the middle and keepers, if they do their research, will know that that's where he's going to go. Against Bournemouth two seasons ago, he took one and the goalkeeper got a hand to it, but it went in. But that was more directed more towards the corner. So I think Vardy needs to, carry, needs to carry on smashing them because the chances are if the goalkeeper does get a hand to it, then it might still go in, but if he keeps just smashing them down the middle, goalkeepers like Mignolet, who, is, who does have a very good record of saving penalties, are going to know where he's going. Well, Vardy stopped in the mix zone after the game. Yeah, he and, spoke to And he said, um, he said that he, he, you know, the golden rule, you don't change your mind. Yeah. Last minute. Well, he wanted to change his mind. He went, no, 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 you don't change your mind. 
because he was going to place it. Yeah. He said, "No, no, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to change my mind because that's the golden rule." And sure enough, he should have changed his mind, shouldn't he? Yeah. Should have stuck to his instincts and, he, and his guns. But he said as well that he would step up and take the next one, no problem. I'd rather. I'm, I, I, I'm happy as well. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to some of the of his teammates as well. They said, "Look, he's bailed us out of enough games and scored, yeah. got enough winners." You know, we're not going to start having a little dig at him for missing a penalty. Well, he didn't miss it; he was saved. Yeah, exactly. When you see when when Mares, I've never really thought to that good a penalty taker. When Mares misses them, it's usually because there's not much there's not much kind of power behind them. It's they're quite easy to save. Whereas you think Vardy gives himself a bigger, ch- a larger chance of scoring because of just of the power that he hits them. He just needs to vary the, the direction a little bit. That's mm-hmm. all. But I, I, I'm more happy with him being penalty taken. Well, after that, you, you, you should have probably had another opportunity at yeah. uh, Ante afterwards when Emre Chan uh, handled uh, a cross. Um, but Ante Taylor, the man with the you picked out as the shiniest head in the stadium, <laughs> very shiny head. Uh, he didn't wasn't in the mood to give two penalties uh, straight away. And even at the end, he's Lamstamani with a, a free header he puts wide as well. Yeah. It could have been you know even better for Leicester City, but. Ultimately, another defeat, and they head to Bournemouth, who have had an even worse start than Leicester City, only three points on the board on Saturday. Suddenly, they, yeah, I know it's early in the season, but that becomes a very big game. Yeah, it does. Um, mainly because of... I think, I think the Huddersfield game um, makes it a little bit bigger, because like you, say, you look at the tough start, you see all the difficult sides they play, like Arsenal, Man U, Chelsea, Liverpool... You'd want Leicester them to be going and beating the other teams to make sure that start isn't quite as nervous as it has been. That draw at Huddersfield just got people worrying a little bit because you think, well, they're, I know they've got a good start, but they're the kind of teams they should be beating. Mm. And now Leicester are in and amongst those kind of teams, and it's all get, get, I know it's so very early, but you're still at the stage where you're looking at picking points against people that are around you. Um, if you don't beat Bournemouth, then that keeps you in that mix, and it gets Bournemouth out of it. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a it's an important game, but um, but I think I think they'll be okay. But I mean, would you, would you change much? Yeah, I think yeah, I probably would now. I mean, uh, Vicente Bora. A lot of people have been asking about Bora about um, why he didn't start. Well, he played a ninety minutes on Tuesday night, and. I think Shakespeare felt that two games in five days would have been a bit much considering he's been out for quite a while, missed quite a lot of uh, pre-season as well because of injury. And, so someone, and someone that doesn't he's a big like lad. playing, and also someone who's used to playing a three-man midfield. Yes, Leicester's two-man midfield, they have to do a lot of legwork, he's not really used to that. No, so they're going to, uh, I think perhaps if they change the system, uh, I know you brought it up in your five yeah. things as well, about wing-backs, Ben Shilwell, because we saw with Ben going forward he's outstanding. Yeah. He's outstanding as a as a, a wing back. Yeah, I mean, if Atletico um, Madrid struggle to deal with you, mm. you know you've got you're quite decent mm. going forward. Mm. Um, and I just think I said it in my five things today. I just think all the signposts mm. begin to point towards a changing system. Like we've mentioned, Abora is the kind of calming head, experienced player that say Ndidi needs alongside him. So Ndidi is now Leicester's main man. He's still only twenty, and he's still a raw talent. If Abora's next to him, Abora prefers to play in three-man midfield, and Ndidi looks jaded. He might need a three-man midfield. Maguire likes to bring the ball out. That usually works best if you've got an extra central defender to cover your space or another midfielder to drop in. That all points towards a change in system. The map that left to keep left to get overrunning midfield quite a lot now because they don't have that Kante-Drinkwater energy. That points to a change. 
Ben Chilwell, brilliant going forward, but defensively possibly needs a little bit of help, a little bit of cover. Mark Albright has done excellently at wing-back before in Slybal season. Dragovic hasn't come here to sit on the bench. Um, he's an extra option. Everything seems to... Uh, Ian Acho is here. He doesn't want... He's going to want to play. How does he does he play out wide? How does he fit in? He can play with Vardy in a three at the back system. Everything seems to point towards changing the system. Well, we'll see if they do, though. I mean, there's a big question over Riyad Mahrez at the moment. Yes. Where would he fit into That's such the a issue. system? Uh, I mean, at the moment, the way he played on, on Saturday, I mean, it looks like... Uh, Probably won't be in the side anyway. If they yes, stop I mean, the 4-4-2, mean, come on. You, you commented to me, didn't you, after um, as he when he jogged off the pitch when it after being subbed, that was possibly his most vibrant contribution to the game was running off the pitch. Well, yeah, yeah, he ran off with gusto, didn't he? Uh, but Damari Gray came on, another excellent cameo from that. I know Leicester City fans are clamouring to see more of Damari Gray in action. Does um, he play instead of Mares? Well, if they play with a 4-4-2 uh, and they go to Bournemouth, I would say yeah, and use. Um, Mares off the bench, but that would be my own personal opinion at the moment. I think um, since the window shut, Mares doesn't see, doesn't seem to be completely fully focused uh, from what I've, I've seen. But obviously, I'm not around the training ground yeah. every day. Um, I understand he's still training well, but we'll see what Shakespeare says about that later on. On this week, we I think we have press conference on Thursday, so yeah. we'll see what he has to, to say about that. But, but I mean, I was, I was looking at, I'm surprised actually by the amount of. I know you always get kind of doom and gloom merchants coming out on kind of forums and social media and stuff. But I am genuinely surprised by the level of more, more anger, more than frustration, as, as, as to the, their current state. And I know, like, even listening to our colleagues on the radio on the way back, people people are phoning up already, call it like already putting Shakespeare under pressure and talking about changes of managers and talking about how this is unacceptable. And it surprised me. It surprised me. Well, because yeah, because the performances have been positive. They've been in every game except for United when they were hanging on for you know seventy minutes. They frustrated United, but you know seven minutes to go at Arsenal with a three-two ahead. Yes, okay, they threw it away with two. They couldn't defend set pieces at the at the, at the at the death and paid the price. But you know it was a decent performance. I don't think there's a lot wrong at the moment. I think it's just a little tweaking, a little bit more of attention uh, and concentration at certain times, and they will win football matches this side, yeah. and they've got options as well. If anybody's asking about uh, an update on Adrian Silva, we're still waiting for an update on Adrian Silva. He was at the game again. Yes, did you, didn't you see him? Was he wearing one of yeah, we, yeah, we saw. I saw him down the, the tunnel area, but uh, so he was at the game. Uh, but we're still waiting for FIFA decision. Leicester City are yeah. launching a, a legal bid to get yeah, that overturned. I, yeah, I spoke to, I spoke to Shakespeare after the game, and another wry smile asked if there was another update for Adrian. So it was obviously, obviously it was only on Friday that we spoke mm. to him in the pre-match press conference, so it hadn't been that long past. Mm. But Shakespeare just kind of rolled his eyes and said, no, yeah. no update. I said, well, is he here? Is he in the dressing room again? He said, yes, he's here. And you could just, you could, you could hear the frustration in Shakespeare's voice. And you would be, wouldn't you? If you're Shakespeare... Silver would be frustrated as well. Silver is frustrated, but if, all the people clamouring and trying to criticise Shakespeare, a lot of stuff has happened... That's putting it putting him at a disadvantage, which isn't his fault. He he admitted um, this week that he didn't want to sell drink water at all, whatever the price. He wanted to, he wanted to drink water here. Drink water wanted to go, um, so he didn't want to lose drink water, but lost drink water. He wanted to decide silver to replace him through no fault of his own. Silver is sat in the stands and not on the pitch when Shakespeare wants him on the pitch. Yeah. And he's got players that are injured. Now he's lost Matty James as now, well. Now he's lost Matty James through to injury. Ian Acho's start was hampered by a toe injury. That's not 
Dragovic is, is catch up on his fitness Ebola as well. as well, getting run injury. Lots of stuff is happening, which I've, which is out of Shakespeare's control. Mahrez being distracted as well. That's exactly, that's much. That, could exactly, so that. I feel there's a lot happening that's out of Shakespeare's control, but, he, but obviously as the manager, as he now finds being the main man, you feel the brunt of people's frustration and anger. But I just feel he, once everyone is back and fit, and maybe a little tweaking system, fixtures start to get a little bit more... Not easy because, as the cliche goes, it's not an easy game in the Premier League. But that's a lot of big clubs out of the way. Leicester can now focus on trying to put together, after the international break, trying to put together a run of, of decent results. Well, before that break, when they can take a bit of time, exactly. take stock, you know, we've got this huge clash with, with Bournemouth. Uh, so join us throughout the week in the big build up to that game. We'll have a press conference on Thursday and we'll have another podcast later in yeah, the week. So. And uh, We'll see if there's any updates on Adrian Silva because we're all waiting for one. But uh, join us again on the Mercury website and on our Facebook page for all the, the news coming out of Leicester City this week. And don't forget to go to beer52.com to register for your free case of beer. <laughs>